Tenep who made the rain and the river, made the cow and the calf, made the grain and the nut, the tree and leaf, the house and the hearth. Tenep who is mild in her aspect, who is gentle before the other gods, who is good-natured above all other gods and kind to us, has changed her face, has shown us the face of her anger. Tenep's anger falls on us all. The river is stifled, the grain is stifled, and the nut is stifled. The cow ignores her calf. The tree bears no leaves, the house no hearth. It's the quiet ones you have to watch out for. Welcome, rock sliders. I'm Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's June 13th, 2021, and today we are discussing Chapter 7 of Thick as Thieves. And this is a great chapter. It's mostly talking and not a lot of action, but it's... It's a talker, some, yeah. Yeah, it's some real good conversations. Costas and Kamet, they've, they've gotten past the icebreaker phase. They're they're not making small talk. They're getting they're getting into those real deep convos. And they talk about a bunch of related stuff. There's a lot about violence and there's a lot about apologies and forgiveness and the contrast between Costas's genuine regret and desire to um make amends for having attacked Kamet last chapter and Nehusaresh's kind of insincere apologies for having hurt Kamet over and over when he was in complete control of his actions, you know? Um, and Kamet sort of, he hasn't experienced the first thing, uh, Costas's sincere apology. And that, like, only when he experiences that can he start to tease out that um, what was wrong with Nehusaresh's, um repeated I'm sorry's that he didn't mean. Yeah, and you can still see Rukamit's stories about Nehuzeresh in this chapter and what he says about him. Uh, his feelings about him are not black and white. He says, uh, so at the end of the chapter, um, he tells Costas that he fell in love with Nehuzeresh's favorite dancing girl, Marin, and uh, he wanted to run away with Marin to give her a better life and the happiness she deserved, he said. Um, and he says uh, that Nehuzerish almost killed him when he found out about that. And um, But right after this, he feels the need to defend Nehuzerish also, saying, my master could be very kind, and then narrating, I had no idea why I needed to defend him, but it was true. Part of being capricious was that quite often he could be capriciously kind and saying, you know, after he almost killed me, he felt very bad. Of course he felt bad, said the Atolian. He nearly did himself out of a well-trained secretary in Kamet narrates. I wanted to believe it was more than that. So here we're seeing uh, techniques that real-life abusers use to keep the people they're abusing under their thumbs. Uh, like, you know, a lot of abuse comes in cycles. And Costas is mostly letting Kamet work through this. And he's mm -hmm. uh, sort of quietly offering logical responses of, well, 
he almost lost his valuable secretary. But he's not getting upset with Cameron. Like, how could you defend him? He's just right. letting him get there on his own time. Yeah, and he's he's affirming to Kamet, like, no, you're worth more than this. You yeah. deserve better than this. There's a variety of types of violence in this chapter. Costas talks about the work of a soldier contrasted with some other thing, murder or vigilante justice. Uh, then we get stories about the abuse from Nehusaresh. Um, they reference... Uh, Costas's sort of wild lashing out last chapter. Um, they talk about war. And sexual violence is also hinted at again with Marin. And the, the Emma Cook and Anakar story in this chapter talks about forgiveness and regret. Interestingly, um, there's this witch of Urkel who um, somehow convinces, enticed him and enchanted him, persuaded him, cajoled and inveigled him. Uh, induced him to steal the sphere of light. That's Enikar, which invoked the anger of Tenep, which is why they're in the situation that they're in, where nothing is growing and everything's terrible. And the solution is for Urkel to, the, for the Witch of Urkel to return the sphere, and then she will find the way to Enikar's heart. And, uh, Chesmica showed her the road to Enikar's heart, the path of forgiveness led her to it. And the Witch of Urkel was originally angry because Enikar used to be with her, and then Chesmica led Imakuk and Enikar's paths to each other. Yeah. And Chesmica is the goddess of gentleness, mercy, forgiveness. Chesmica, who knows the road to mercy. Um, interestingly, this story says that Chesmica was once mortal, which I thought was cool. Yeah. we only know of one other, one other who was, which is Eugenides. Mm-hmm. And Shesmica is also Kamet's uh, patron goddess, I guess you could say. She seems to be the one that he has a lot of attachment to. Yeah. And this story leads Kamet and Costas to their next conversation about their own experiences. This, I was thinking about this last week, um, or last time, whenever it was. It's easy to see from this book that this journey frees Gamut because it literally frees him, um, and also kind of psychologically. But it also frees Costas because he's been a soldier all his life from a very young age. That's been his his lot. And I don't think that these books are interested in answering the question of what kind of violence is justifiable or necessary. It doesn't have that sort of moral agenda. But I think it is interested mm-hmm. in the lasting effects of violence on victims and on perpetrators and on people who are just caught up in it right like this is the great machinery of the world that leads him Mm -hmm. to have to kill people all the time um and like people's longing for peace and reconciliation and like costas i don't think he would have been able to imagine 
another kind of life if he hadn't had this experience and this journey and met Kamet and they settle down together in the end and then he doesn't he doesn't fight in the war in Return of the Thief. I find that really moving. Yeah. And Kamet and Costas are getting closer in this chapter, Kamet narrates. I wished more every day that I didn't have to lie to him, but I saw no other choice. And I think somewhere else in this chapter, uh, when he says he had to leave the scroll behind uh, that Jen copied for him, that um, uh, Costas says, like, oh, you had to leave it behind, and Kamet narrates that he was, like, bitten by his own guilt over the lies, so he just shrugs. So he's he's starting to feel bad that he's taking advantage of Costas' <laughs> good nature. And each of them wants the other to, to think well of them. But neither of them are dishonest in the sense of, uh, like, obviously, Kamet is lying. That's his whole thing. That's kind of a, important. But he's he's pretty honest about how he feels about stuff and, and more and more as it goes on. You know, he says, I might be a little vain. Uh, and then Costas is honest too. He's honest about yeah. being a soldier, and he says, "I'm sorry if that distresses you, but that's who I am, and I, I, that's my life." And so they're both like, they want this real connection with each other. And we get a whole conversation about a certain someone in this book. When, uh, when did you realize Jen was the sandal polisher? I don't remember. I think I saw. Like, Costas brings up, oh, my king likes the gardens, and Kamet says, oh, well, the errand boy liked the gardens, too, for hiding in. And he, he mentions later, like, oh, the errand boy was definitely a liar on the same page. I was like, hmm, interesting. Lying boy, likes hiding, likes gardens. Right after a king mentioned, The whole hmm. thing about how his older brother was supposed to come, but he got in an accident and broke both his legs, that's like an elaborate backstory. And he takes the... The, the adventure and the thief and tells it to Kamet, saying like, oh, I tried to escape once. The guards chased me to the hills with guns and swords. That's how I got the little scar <laughs> on my face. Probably. <laughs> uh, he bit the cook twice and Kamet narrates, I think everyone had admired the sandal polisher that day. Can you imagine the king of your country once bit you twice? He bit him, got beaten for it, and then promptly bit the man again. <laughs> and he sent Kamet a scroll after. I don't think Kamet quite realizes what good friends they were. You know, like he kind of admits, oh, you know, I might have helped him out. I might have given him a coin. Uh, yeah, I liked him. He was okay. He sent me a scroll. You know, but he doesn't really like. Yeah. It's just because Kamet has yeah. this no friendship complex. <laughs> I am alone sent him a scroll and the handwriting was atrocious because he's writing with his non-dominant hand yeah yep so this scroll think about it this scroll was probably what got like the thing that got jen out of bed from his 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 i just lost my hand funk to practice writing because he wanted to yeah. copy the scroll for camet i'm emotional guys <laughs> and camet says uh, one of the reasons he didn't like Atolia was I was unappreciated. There had been friendly people in Atolia, but none were impressed by any of the things I thought were important. Yeah, and the, and the the boot boy said, "Oh, it sounds like any idiot could do it." To his translation, but Jen definitely knew. Camet catches a snake and fakes his own death. Unrelated events, <laughs> but good for him on both counts. 
Also, the waste of the goat kills me. I know. And the snake. Yeah. Both food sources. Ugh. There's so much meat on that goat. They're so hungry. You just had to leave it. And Kamet had wanted to hold on to the ownership seal. He wasn't quite ready to, to part with it. But he does here because it's practical. Kamet is a very practical person at the end of the day. And also, uh, if I remember correctly from the end of the book, this works. Like, the Nemrine find this and they think it is Kamet. And I think that's it, right? Smart Melhor says, like, oh, we thought you were dead under a rock slide. So I think it worked. See, the great thing about being on the run in uh the mumble century is that nobody has any photos of you in the mumble century yeah whatever whatever <laughs> year it is the century yeah imagine you could literally just be any guy i mean Kamet's at a disadvantage because he looks different than the rest of the country but if you don't you know like they can draw a picture of him and people can have distinctive features like if you're if you're missing a hand but uh there's nothing so nothing so exact no fingerprints none of that and i guess you're at a disadvantage too if your face is on the money but it depends how <laughs> how good the money looks yeah i never really got that you know? because how accurate you know? can it possibly be yeah so after this myth of anakar in trouble with a maid again uh Kemet and Costas, like, wait for the other one to speak first. <laughs> and Costas admits that he used to be a backwards boy from the country who came to the big city and got super in debt to a lovely girl who a quote-unquote friend introduced him to and got so in debt that the, he had to ask to borrow money from funds the guard sets aside for quote-unquote emergencies like this. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe that's my word. Maybe he didn't say that. But and then had to emergency eat like, standing yeah, yeah. up in the dining hall. What is it in there? Um, uh, <laughs> set aside by everyone in the cohort for emergencies like this. And this is meant as like a, you know, laugh at Costas moment. But it's it's, and then immediately contrasted with Marin and Nehuzerish and Kamet. Yeah, like the the consequence of Costas's embarrassing indiscretion was that he had to eat his meals standing up for a little while, and people snickered at him in the dining hall. And Kamet, he says, Nehuzeresh almost killed him. Another important line, I think. Costas says, "Marking an expensive slave seems poor economy." His voice was low and edged, as it hadn't been since Shurgus. I shifted and looked away uncomfortable with his anger even if it was not directed at me his his immediate response to anybody being angry in his vicinity is to um go on the defensive and to feel yeah. like this is gonna come at me even yeah. if he knows it isn't yeah that it's just an automatic threat yeah even though like costas is uh getting angry on his behalf here i do love the ambassador's statue is missing its right hand. The king likes to remark on it. He thinks the ambassador should offer it to him as a gift. The ambassador watches it like a hawk, afraid the king will steal it. He admired his fool king, and yet he generously <laughs> held him up for my ridicule. <laughs> Love it. 
that's chapter seven. Next time, we cross the Tamets. Send us your comments, questions, thoughts. Chime in at italianarchivist.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. Thank you for listening. This has been an amateur embroidery production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available.